Start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today hosts Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists bring you the latest analysis and insight into trends shaping our world. White Sox! White Sox! Go! 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 go. dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. With me is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how are you doing today? Well, let me ask my buddy Bill Walton. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. Why is it that I'm always with you for these no-hitters? So here we are again. So the last White Sox no-hitter was, of course, Philip Umber's Perfecto eight years ago. And we worked together in the score studios of downtown Chicago. And here we are on the Locked on Sox podcast recapping it here for you guys and boy what a night what a historical night for the White Sox a great night for Lucas Giolito and the Sox fan base let's be honest but this no hit edition of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar Built Bar it's the best tasting protein bar ever oh boy you talk about a night for nervous snacking you're watching a no hitter play out in front of you and all of a sudden you're trying to eat everything in sight but not to worry with Built Bar, you've got some really solid choices out there, and now the new and improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut varieties. They've got six brand new flavors I want you guys to check out. They've got caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, and they still have all their original flavors that you know and love, from the German chocolate to the peanut butter to the mint brownie, which is one of my favorites before. Built Bars are so soft and so chewy and delicious, and they are covered in 100% chocolate, so it curbs those sweet cravings whenever you have them. Sometimes for me, it's late at night. You get up and you know, why have a, an entire wedge of cake when you can just have a built bar and satisfy that craving? You actually feel like it's filling you up so you don't keep chasing that sugar high and keep eating more and more bad stuff because built bars are healthy. They're great if you're a health conscious guy or gal on the go. It's great for losing or maintaining weight while still indulging in those delicious treats that we love so much. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And they're also great for the keto diet as well. For example, Cherry Barcia, one of their new flavors, it's got a whopping 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. See what I mean? And now, if you go to BuiltBar.com while supplies last, they'll even hit you with a free cooler with your purchase. So just go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Nobody's here to watch, but everyone at home has their hearts in their throats. And 0-2 to right field. Adam Angle is there! A no-hitter! The 19th in White Sox history! 
There it is, NBC Sports Chicago, Jason Benetti on the call, along with Steve Stone, Lucas Giolito, his first career no-hitter, the first White Sox no-hitter since 2012. What a night on the south side for Lucas Giolito. He goes all nine, no runs, no hits, one walk, and 13 strikeouts. Just an amazing night, Herbie, for Lucas Giolito. Where do we even start? He was just dominant tonight, only using two pitches for the most part. Yeah, it looked like just fastball changeup. He's you know, gone to that. And then I think in the middle he used a little bit of the slider to get a couple of the hitters off balance. But for the most part, yeah, it looked like fastball changeup was his uh, recipe. And he's done that in multiple games this year. I think James McCann has you know got a nice uh, relationship with him where he knows what that his changeup can't be hit and that's what was happening today his electric turbo changeup that just looks like it's about to stay in the strike zone and just falls out of the strike zone and guys are just flailing at that ball he had a lot of swings and misses today it was so exciting to see that game and him just dominating i know people are gonna say oh it's the pirates it's a major league team i don't give a damn that's people who get paid, those people who are trying to hit the ball as much as they could, and they couldn't. And Lucas Giolito and James McCann were working in tandem to get that job done. There hasn't been a no-hitter before this year, this whole year. So if it was so easy to be done, especially for the Pirates, it would have been done. Lucas Giolito got it done tonight. You know what? I got to say, though, if Yasmani Grandal were back there catching it, it probably would have been a perfect game. Let's be honest here. He's a better player, a better catcher. Um, yeah, but no, just just an amazing night for Lucas Giolito. And just the, 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 the sheer dominance, man, just the, the mowing through the lineup rapidly late in the game, stuff getting better as the game got deeper. And, you know, there was moments there where you can tell he was getting a little ramped up, and, and we'll get to those moments in a second. But just for him, you know, because for, with a young pitcher, you're always worried about, okay, you're, you're like you're at home. You're like, come on, man, just get it together. Let's calm down because it's a guy who hasn't done this at a professional level. He threw the no-hitter at the AAA level, but for the first time in the majors, and we've seen him this year struggle a lot with – you know, just getting ramped up and, and, you know, needing to hone it in a little bit. And he certainly did that to close out his first career no-hitter. So let's just take you back a little bit here. Um, he opposed Stephen Brault tonight. And I had my concerns going into this one because he, Stephen Brault, has been really good of late. But he ends up only going three innings, surrendering five hits on four runs, four walks, and no strikeouts, which was big. And, you know... I was talking to someone today, you know, uh, when I was at Starbucks in line and, and, you know, let's call him John. And he was saying, you know, Tanny, the, the Sox, they can't score unless it's via the home run. And I said, no way. That's absolutely not true. You know, my, my friend John Strawman, of course, was telling me that so no one is worried about the Sox offense, I don't <laughs> think. Um, but the Sox, for all the for all the naysayers who said they could only get by by long ball, they, they proved them wrong tonight. And we'll get to that in just a second. So let's take you to the second inning. So Giolito, six up, six down through two, looking dominant. And, you know, you always think that a no-hitter is in play when you have a lineup like this. This this Pirates lineup, I mean, oof. I mean, this has to. This is one of the worst lineups I've seen definitely all year, but it may be in some time. Like They have no stars anymore. They they traded Starling Marte to the Diamondbacks. We covered that at nauseum uh, in the uh, in the off season. But this lineup tonight for the Pirates, yuck. I mean, it's it's easy to say after the fact that this is like had no hitter written all over it. But even early on in the game, I was like, ooh, this lineup is a little tough out there for Pittsburgh. I mean, their highest OPS person, so on base plus slugging guy in their lineup is their leadoff hitter, 
with the 677 OPS. He's the one who got on base today. Edgar Gonzalez, something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But he's the highest OPS. That's terrible. So, yeah, it is a piss-poor lineup. But still, you had to do it. No one's ever got a, a no-hitter versus the Pirates this year. So, him having one was great. And the thing I like, and we're getting to that inning, where the power went out. Well, this, yeah, let's let's get to that. So... If you missed it, if you if you didn't catch the game on television tonight, the, the Sox in the bottom of the second, they get the first two runners aboard, courtesy of a Luis Roberts single, and then a hit-by-pitch to James McCann that was not overturned. Uh, it was funny, you heard uh, Benetti on the broadcast like trying to sell it very hard, like, oh, you can't overturn that, maybe that hits his hand and it didn't hit the bat, it looked like it hit the bat to me. Stoney was like, I don't think he'll be returning to first base, and of course they ended up you know upholding it because that's a tough one to overturn. So then what happens is the power goes out. And I was like, oh, this is probably – I watch on the My Teams app, on the NBC Sports Chicago app. That's how I watch, so I always assume something weird is going on there. So, And then I go on online, and I well, what I did first is I went over to the MLB at Bat app, and I checked out the uh, home and, uh, and away radio calls. And I was checking out the Pirates broadcast tonight because we enjoy them oh so much. And they were talking about how there was no power at the ballpark. So I went over to the Reddit, uh, you know, keep that on the down low, not street legal. I went over to Reddit to see if, you know, the Pirates TV had anything and nothing. So looking on Twitter, you know, watching on the My Teams app, I was on Twitter and I saw that people were subject to watching uh, the more you know PSAs because, uh, you know, obviously NBC Sports Chicago is run by NBC. So we all remember the more you know PSA. So they said there was a, like a loop of like 10 different PSAs just running back to back to back to back until they eventually got power back at the ballpark. Um, did you catch any of those PSAs, Herbie? I did not. I did not catch any of them. Were they, were they good? At least, um, yeah. I mean, you know, they had all the topical stars of, of, of the moment, all your big hit stars of, of television and, and Bobby movie. Slayton. And, and, show up? And, and no, the bulldog of comedy, Bobby Slayton, the voice of Skechers, was not there. Um, Tony Danza was there. Next time you get your kids in the car, turn off the radio and tune into them. It may be the only time of the day when you get your kids all to yourself. No telephone, <laughs> no television, no distractions. It's the perfect oh, time to talk to each other. <laughs> listen to what they think and to share with them what you think about anything and everything that's on their minds and i'll tell you something it beats just sitting in traffic the more you know you know tony dan is just sitting there you know he's got of course the backwards chair going he's like in a, in a apparently in an abandoned building you know just keeping it casual talking to the kids um yeah those those more you know psas from the 90s uh will smith contributed too oh, oh there you go Hey, check this out. Here's the situation. Say you out with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You know, you're at school. You had a club or something getting busy. All right, you're just having fun. Somebody steps up to you, and they tell you they want to rumble. <laughs> Anyone ever what the step- fuck? <laughs> Anyone ever step up to you and say they want to rumble when you're in the club getting I mean, busy? Just in a, yeah, just getting jiggy with my girl. Yeah, I, I always have people want to challenge me to a fight. Uh, yeah. A rumble. rumble. Yeah, I, careful. I don't want to say rumble too much. You know who might be listening. All right, now, now just stop for a second. Before you lose your head, get all crazy, and toss your hands up, just think. The person that uses the head can always defeat the person that's just trying to use their hands. Now remember that, because the more you know. All right, Will Smith. All right, Fresh Prince. I'm, I'm going to the car. I'm going to the car to get my other gun. 
and you got that from the prince. I, I, I can imagine he's giving me a peace sign at the end. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, well, uh, you know, some other stars of, of the day. You, what about your guy, Joey Lawrence? You, you remember Joey Lawrence from Blossom? He's my cousin. Rap yeah. star? Yeah, <laughs> your cousin. You can get a sexually transmitted disease if you don't know how to Ugh. protect yourself. Uh-oh. So find out. Before it's too late. Wait, find out what? Aren't you gonna tell me anything? That was only ten hey, seconds. <laughs> there's, there's nothing his love can't fix for you, Tanny. Except chlamydia. I don't, I don't know if you uh, heard that great song. He I, had a song. I remember. It was, on, it was on Blossom. I remember. Yeah, nothing your love can't fix, baby. Except uh, if you yeah. get the clap, then it's done so for you. Um, and the her- and herpes too. You're, you're fucked. Uh, but yes, uh, I don't. I remember those good times. Um. You know, was it was it TNBC? That was a Saturday show. But on Blossom and Fresh Prince on yeah, Mondays, man, great times. Yeah, and you know, of course you had must-see TV on Friends and David Schwimmer. Kids are like the little engine that could. Without a good breakfast, they can't. So make sure your oh, child eats God. enough and make it around the track. Wait, wait a minute, what? Feed your kid? We need to be... Who the fuck is watching this and like, oh shit, I gotta feed my kid. Thanks, Schwimmer. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. Chicago native David Schwimmer. Yeah, I think. Uh, even though, you know, I bet you, you probably know what suburb he's from and you're going to you know, call me out. He on went that to one. some Northwestern. I think he went to Northwestern. I don't know what suburb yeah. he's from. Maybe he's not from here. Maybe he just went to school at Northwestern. But yeah, and I know then- he did him. A- he did a movie, Kiss, Kissing a Fool, in Chicago. Great oh, movie. Check oh, it out. All right. I won't. Uh, probably ever. Um, and after that, check out the Joey Lawrence, Nothing I Can Fix for You, Baby. So. Yeah. And then check out some Unsolved Mysteries with uh, Robert Stack. You know, they, uh, Lucas Giolito had some mysteries that uh, the Pirates couldn't solve tonight. Yeah, the 2-1. The more you know about kids, the more you know that they don't do what we say, they do what we do. We use bad language, they use bad language. We eat too much, they eat too much. Most of the time, it's no big deal. I'll tell you what is a big deal. If we drink and drive, because if we do it, chances are they'll do it. Think about that. Your drinking and driving could kill your kids. <laughs> and wouldn't that just kill you? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, it would kill you. you. You would kill yourself because of your drinking and driving. And it, like. and it wouldn't be an unsolved mystery. The only part that wouldn't be solved is where the rest of your kids' bodies are at. Yeah, um, stop dr- stop. Letting your kids drink and drive. That's probably a good solution. Yeah. So stop letting them drive before they were old, old enough, too. And That's dumb. Yeah. So, so apparently there were some issues there with the television broadcast, and they kept running these PSAs. But uh, obviously, no, those weren't the ones that they were running. But, but don't forget to feed your kids. It's very important from David Schwimmer. Thank you very much, Ross, as you said. Uh, so, yeah. So the White Sox, after coming back, this is all while the power is out, by the way. So after McCann's hit by pitch... Sox get to work. Danny Mendick walks. Adam Engel grounds out, scoring Luis Robert. one nothing Sox. Tim Anderson singles, scoring McCann. 2 nothing Sox. Eloy singles, scoring Mendick. 3 nothing Sox. And then bum-ass Jose Abreu grounds into a double play to end the threat there Ugh. in the inning. And I thought this When's was... When's he ever going to do anything? I don't know. They should trade him for uh, for relief help uh, <laughs> for single A uh, at this point. Just lift, get, literally the bag of balls if you can get it for Jose Abreu at this point. <laughs> bum-ass American League Player of the Week, Jose Abreu. So... Bottom third, McCann hits a sack fly, makes it 4 nothing. That's all the scoring the Sox would need. Brault exits the game for uh, my guy, Nick Tropiano. Hey, how you doing? Nick Tropiano here. What's going on? You guys need some pump? What's going on? You, what are you, you bitching over here? Uh, so Nick Tropiano comes in, pitched nicely for the Pirates today. Um, but that's when Lucas Giolito got to work in the top of the fifth. He gets Josh Bell with a sharp line out to end the inning. This was like one of the first scares we had in the ball game. Josh Bell, one of their better power hitters, and this ended up being the hardest ball hit of the night, I believe, to that point. 
exit velocity of 106 miles per hour there uh, in the top of the fifth inning. Sixth inning, Giolito starts to get in the groove a little bit. He gets Gerard Dyson to ground out, then punches out John Ryan Murphy. Oh, Jesus, on four pitches. And then he gets Eric Gonzalez, your guy, to ground out to Tim Anderson. Top seven. Adam Frazier leads off the inning by grounding out to Mendick in what was a tough play. Mendick did a real nice job charging it, get in front of it, and getting Frazier, which is a pretty decent runner still. And then after that is what I think was the play of the night. It seems like every play is huge when you're talking no-hitter and you get late in the ballgame. But this play, Herbie, I know you know which one I'm talking about. This play by T.A., mercy. Up the middle. Tough play. Tim unloads. And got it! Oh boy! So Brian Reynolds hits one, and I thought for sure it was getting up through the box for a single in the center field. Yeah, but, I thought 100% that that was a hit. I didn't know where they were planned, where they were uh, playing him. I was like, that's right up the middle. That's a great hit. And he hit it hard as shit, too. Were they shifting on him? Is that why T.A.? Yes. Okay. T.A. was on the, on the left-handed side of second base. Or just behind second yeah. base. So T.A. does a great job of getting around on it, getting around on the ball, and he fires a one-hopper to Abreu who just does an outstanding job with the pick uh, to end the inning. Easily the play of the night. And you know our listeners pointing out to us um, that I think it was Patrick Nolan mentioning that Jose Abreu all of a sudden looks like he's a Gold Glove candidate, <laughs> and we, we you know we talked about that in the mailbag, and you know I still don't know if he's got a real shot at it. But you have plays like that in games like this tonight where you're where your pitcher throws a no-hitter and all of a sudden you have a signature moment like that, all of a sudden you start to get noticed a little bit. And it's not an award given out by metrics, as we said. It's by your peers. It's by players. It's by other managers. So they see that, and all of a sudden you, you, you're you on the radar. And you couple that with the AL Player of the Week offensively, all of a sudden, yeah, maybe now Abreu's in the gold glove conversation. It certainly would be cool. Uh, so obviously, and then to end the inning, I, I should say, he gets Josh Bell striking out swinging on three consecutive change-ups, and this is one of the first moments where I thought the no-hitter could happen. Uh, he was toying with Bell. He did that in the last start, as we mentioned earlier, against the Tigers, where I threw, I think he threw eight or nine straight change-ups that you mentioned earlier in the show, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, he just keeps pounding those change-ups to Bell. You know, you, you all of a sudden, you get into end of seven through seven, and you think, okay, now this is a real possibility. At what point generally, you could say generally, or what point tonight did you think that the no-hitter was on the table? I thought after the sixth inning. Okay. I got back, and I was like, I saw he, he was throwing darts, and he was extra jacked up, and I was like, he's throwing it. He's going to have it. These guys can't see him at all. Um, and by the way, it's John Ye Kest who – our guy who wrote, wrote us an email the other day and that saying Jose Abreu can be the uh, gold glove at first base. And I think we pointed out that before that because we just saw the improved defense this year. Yeah, but after the six, I was. I like, miss the old. I miss the old John Ye who doesn't point out uh, that when we're wrong on Twitter. <laughs> but any, in any event, yeah. So through six the innings, are less good. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Sixth inning. After I was like, he's got it. I, you know, of course, you know, I was fighting through every single at bat, but I didn't see any of those at bats at the end, except for the last one. I was like, it's a hit. Like the last at bat, I was like, that is a rocket. And I just saw Wright Sox point out that that expected batting average for a ball like that is 850. That's amazing. (laughs) And it was, if that's Mazar out there, if that's anybody else out there, that's a knock. 
But luckily, we had Adam Engle on the call and on the on the ball, and he made a great catch out there on a rocket. So yeah, after the six, I was like, he's got this. So now all of a sudden, the adrenaline starts to ramp up a little bit, and this is when you're just living baseball synergy. As a fan, as a viewer watching at home, it, all of a sudden it just becomes like poetry in motion because here you got Steve Stone talking about, you know, watch out for the adrenaline. He's going to start to ramp up a little bit here, and all of a sudden you start to see Lucas overthrowing the fastball a little bit, and that's when I started to get nervous. And really, the generally for me, the eighth inning is the, the, the time where I'm like, okay, now you, got, you get nervous and you start thinking about no-hitter because how many times have you seen – you know, no hitter broken up late in the seventh, early in the eighth. But when you when you get through eighth, you're like, oh my god! It, you're now like, you know, I, I really don't get too hyped up about no hitters. I don't care about jinxing. I'm not in, in that crowd. I know you're not part of that contingent either, who thinks it's jinxing. And I think in 2020 we can officially debunk that because Benetti on the television broadcast doing what he should do as a broadcaster. Saying, hey, everyone, come on in. Not necessarily tell your sons, tell your daughters, tell your dogs <laughs> and cats. But it was like, hey, just so you know, this is what's going on right now. We could have a possibility to see something historical tonight. So I thought just, you know, the in concert, Benetti, Stone, and Giolito on the mound. And Stone kind of walking us through Giolito's mental process as he's navigating through this no-hitter. I thought just we're, we're spoiled here in Chicago. As White Sox fans, we've had Stone here, uh, you know, doing games since 2008 and – He's he's just awesome, and he he called it just 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 like it ended up playing out, you know, with you know with ramping up, adrenaline getting out of control, and then you see Lucas out there honing it in. It was just awesome. So in that eighth inning, Polanco takes first pitch strike. It was a good call by CB Buckner. CB Buckner, his first no hitter, which is kind of crazy. Um, I don't know, is that crazy, Herb? Like with his reputation as an umpire, <laughs> like maybe maybe not so much. Just you know, out of a just coincidentally, you think he'd be involved with one behind the plate, but he has not. Do you, do you find that surprising to hear that? I mean, just the length of his career. He's been a major league umpire since 1996. That's unbelievable. But that's his first Jesus. no hitter. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> And and another thing, he's only been to four postseasons, I think that Ooh, is. Oh, God, oh, CB. 2007, 2008, 2009, and 2013. This is just, I mean, I mean, I so, being a bad umpire, but God damn, brother. Yeah, I mean, you're, they're probably up there like, CB's behind the dish. Better, better start swinging tonight. You don't want to leave it up to him. And I, yeah, and there was one bad call. I think it was on Josh Bell that it was – or no, Polanco, and it was not a strike. And CB took a sweet ass time to call it a strike three, and <laughs> it was a gripe that Polanco had. It's like it wasn't a strike, and also, yeah, come on, the and, slow play. What are we doing here? And he's known Enrico by Palazzo. many circles as being one of the worst umpires in the game. So, congratulations to you, CB. First time you can uh, have an enjoyable time putting that in your mantle, I guess. I and then I listened to Jason and Steve at the game and said that James McCann after the game or after the final out was recorded, he thanked returned, him. Yeah, and looked to the CB and said, Thank you, you know, for thanks for the calls. I don't know if he was particularly bad tonight, but no, no, he, he, he I thought was pretty he, pretty he wasn't, but that's why I get back to Polanco after he took that first pitch strike, which was still like I said, it was a good call, but he's thinking back to that at bat earlier yeah. in the game, which you're referring to. He's like, Come on, man, like you know, you can't have it both ways out here. So Lucas starts to get a little amped up after that 
strikeouts a buck to uh, Polanco. And then he starts to overthrow the fastball a little bit, and he goes up in on Polanco's hands with an easy 95-mile-an-hour fastball. And it was like, okay, you know, I thought he was going to be missing his spots, but no, he was dialed in right into the very end there. So, you know, you're through eight innings now, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, you know, I had my daughter down here with me, and, you know, we are just, you know, goofing around, and I said, all right, all right, baby, time to go upstairs, <laughs> time to get to work, because, <laughs> you know, she wants to show you every little video, just watching on the tablet. I'm like, I don't care about that. Lose the strong and no-hitter, kid. Leave me alone. Don't you don't you understand how important this is for our game? She's a six-year-old girl. She's like, no, I don't actually. Why are you She's yelling? Like- why you I want to spend time with my dad. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And my dad's a loser clapping and yelling at the television. Uh, yeah. So, um, and then you, you, they mentioned on the broadcast that, you know, after eight, maybe been after seven, but Giolito in the dugout, not talking to anyone. And it was great. The NBC Sports Chicago had Ozzy Guillen uh, during the live uh, in-game update, and he's got his face mask on for a coronavirus and he's he's just doing the the zip it mechanic like i'm not gonna jinx this no hitter out here even though you would think out of if anyone was not superstitious about a no hitter it would be ozzy after being with mark burley for so long and witnessing two no hitters for mark burley one perfect game one no hitter that he would be like ah that's not a thing but ozzy on the television broadcast i i could see as a member of the media he probably that, that's probably what he was thinking as a member of the media he didn't want to be the one jinxing it uh, in that regard so i thought that was a funny moment Moment, but it adds to the stress as a viewer when you when you see and you hear the pitcher out there not talking to anyone. And all of a sudden, you feel like at home, like oh man, I can't, I can't do a thing. I, I can't get it up up to get a you know a cup of water. I can't you know switch chairs. Like you get a little superstitious. Oh. I know you are. <laughs> I mean, I'm always like that, but I'm not working for the broadcast, letting people know what's going on. And Jason and and Steve eventually said no hitter and no hits. You know, I and as I put on the tweet, I know they're joking and they're just you know laid and on thick like. If you look at the scorecard, you don't see a particular number in a column. <laughs> and he has done this in minor league where he didn't allow a hit. Uh, it didn't allow anything in the hit column. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, just say it. <laughs> well, that was, it reminded me, you know, I had the text thread going with uh, Daniel and, and Danny Parkinson and Shep. And, you know, I was reminding them, you know, I, I know Mitch is listening. Shout out to Mitch. Shout out to Ben Rosen. But back when we would work uh, during a game that looked like it was going to be a no hitter or a perfect game. All of a sudden, you get through six innings, and Mitch would get superstitious too. He'd call the studio, like you know, if the thing happens, we have the stuff for the thing for the special <laughs> moment, and and if it happens, Ranji will be on the field with the microphone with Mark Burley after his perfect game. Like, yeah, okay, we know. <laughs> but it's funny, man. People still hold on to those old ideologies uh, for baseball, and I and I'm cool with it. That's part of what I love about the game. Everyone has their own little routine so yeah and i told the story before i don't know if i told it here on locked on socks but i was at that game early because it was a i think mcneil and park yes. no, mcneil and spiegel show doing an early at the ballpark in the ranji booth thing so i was the remote producer and then chris collins called me back to the score studios back in the nbc tower to do some extra work and such which only took probably 30 minutes of my time. So I was literally at the game pregame. It's Thursday. Uh, and then went back and then watched the rest of the game in that same edit studio. Talk about uh, superstitious. The edit studio TVs, I don't what, how many inches was that? Five, <laughs> six inches? If that, it was a real small cube uh, 
TV box where you barely can see it. And I was listening to the radio call because that came on first and it was live in the uh, I was in the studios. And then right when that last out happened, I booked it out of there because I know you and Joe were there. Yeah. And I know if <laughs> Mitch would have saw me there, he'd be like, hurry, hurry, come on, come on, do something, help, help these guys out. And I was like, no, nah, I'd already been up since like six o'clock in the morning. I was like, I'm good. I went home real quick and celebrated the victory. And then like two days after that, I went to, or the Monday after that, I went over to Dan Anderson who was handed out tickets uh, for you know White Sox games, and I said, "Hey, can I? Do you have an old ticket for the Thursday no hitter game?" And I got a ticket for Mark Burley's no hitter, perfect game that day. So it was excellent. Awesome, awesome. Um, so here we go to the ninth inning. Everyone's nervous. I'm standing at this point. I'm being mean to my child. Uh, first batter up is Gerard, Gerard Dyson, and you always worry about a guy like Gerard Dyson coming up in the ninth inning because like, you just can like, I go ahead. can I ask you a question? Yep. Would you would have been mad if Gerard Dyson laid out a button and made the hit? Um, no, because they're only they're only down four nothing at the point at that point. So all of a sudden, all you need to do is get three runners on base and one swing of the bat, and you're right back in it. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's a weird thing because I think in the flow of the game, um, I I think it it would have felt like it was maybe against my baseball principles. Maybe because just because they had the game had a certain flow and he was dominating all night and it's not like guys were barreling up. This was not a cheap no hitter. This was utter dominance by Lucas Giolito. Not a whole lot of balls in play. Not a whole lot of hard hit balls. So I, I feel like it would have been a little ticky tack to to lay down a bunt in that situation. But I wouldn't be mad at it because at the end of the day you're still trying to win baseball games and it's not like it was ten nothing out there. You know what I mean? Four nothing is still reasonable, especially in today's game. You know, you get you know a couple bloops, uh, you know, error, walk, hit by pitch, blast, and all of a sudden, boom, right back in it. So I I, I wouldn't care either way about that. But just over, over the course of the flow of the game, I think maybe it would have been you know not in the great form of spirits. But I couldn't argue either way against it. So what what would you have thought if you would have done that? I would have been all for it. If you're trying to get a no hitter, you got to get all forms of outs. So I can't be a hypocrite when I'm applauding Ben Davis doing that against Kurt Schilling right. in a two to nothing game. But that was Kurt Schilling. Game. <laughs> yeah, it is. But uh, if Derrod Dyson, who is that guy, that's how he gets on base. His is hitting is by speed. So if he would have laid down a bunt and got on base somehow, I would be like, hey, tip the cap, man. You guys got to play. You was goddamn Gerard Dyson. Well, play, you, play you, how you, Gerard Dyson is. Well, if you're Derek Shelton, the Pirates manager, are you a little irritated that he, that he didn't try to do that? I mean, oh yeah, you, you oh know, yeah. If that you get on base as 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 any way you can, and if I can't be that hypocrite, also where I say to. Fernando Tatis, yes, we weigh a three one or three zero in a eight seven run game, and then say, mm, I don't like you bunting on a four nothing game. Play the game. It's no clock in baseball, like you said. Gerard Dyson gets a hit. Then it has Lucas Giolito in a different stance. It has Lucas with a base runner on who might be stealing. Maybe he throws a little different ball. The next guy gets a hit. The next guy gets a hit. Walk home run we're good to go and it's tie game these guys are trying to win games so yeah i would have had no qualms against uh gerard trying to bunt i was just actually i wanted it just for this topic to happen i didn't want him to get a hit i wanted the <laughs> bunt attempt to happen and then throw him out and then everybody oh gerard Dyson, that's not how you play the game yeah that's bullshit. yeah that's where you know Derek shelton the carbondale native pirates manager uh, former catcher 
So I, I would think like I'd be upset if I were him that his that you know my guy didn't try to lay down a bunt. But also, how about trying to do that at any other point in the ball game to try to get him knocked off his rhythm? You know, I think if they were going to do it, they would have done it already at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I I would be upset I think if I were Derek Shelton tonight. But uh, so one down in the ninth, and then Jose Osuna flies out to Adam Engel. Uh, that made no sense. That made zero sense to put Jose Osuna in the game. Um, John. J.R. Murphy is not a good hitter, but at least he's seen him. Hit him with a with another. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna pinch hit him with another guy who's not a good hitter. I know you don't have a lot, but what the fuck is that? You know? Yeah. Like it was. It was like we're gonna take out this bum hitter for another bum hitter. It didn't. Like he wasn't even. It wasn't even handedness. The guy was right handed. I was like, yeah. This is just. Oof. But I got I really nervous. I thought that one was gonna drop in. You know, but it just kind of hung up there a little bit, which is you know. Yeah. The balls at guaranteed rates so far this season, not really you know, hanging up there. They're kind of dying. So in that regard, it helped where all of a sudden it just started to die out there. And I thought it was going to be a bloop drop in there fast. But no, it was caught by Adam Engel. And uh, Adam Engel uh, saving uh, his best for the last out of the night where he gets your guy, Eric Gonzalez, a sharp line out to right fielder. And you mentioned the, the hit probability of that ball. And you know, off the bat, what did you think? A hundred percent, I thought it was a hit. I thought it was a like a looping. Um, I thought it went farther than I thought it was going. I thought it was over the second baseman's head and just dropping right in front of the right fielder. Like I said, I thought if there was a Mazzara or somebody else in right field, I think that's a knock. I don't think they played as aggressively as Adam Engel did. Absolutely. So great play by Engel. And just elite-level defense when you can have Adam Engel as your right fielder, Luis Robert as your center fielder, and then Eloy Jimenez can sit out there in a beach chair if he likes. <laughs> there was a, there was an issue there, too. One of my favorite things that happened in this game early on was when was when Tim came in and took a ball away from Eloy. And then, like, it was, it was straight up. It was like a little brother moment out there where Eloy, he still has that silliness about him where, you know, TA's giving him a little shit, and all of a sudden Eloy gets mad, and he's like, he's hitting, he's out there in a big, league ball game hitting your shortstop with his glove <laughs> like for real for real he's trying to hit him with the glove like I love it you don't see it every day I love the youthful energy of this team and just the guys that are not afraid to be themselves and and you're starting to see them gel a little bit and, and become a team and you're starting to see the personalities sort of blossom and figure out who is gonna you know take which active roles on the team who's gonna be the leader who's gonna be you know the keep it loose guy you know so it, it was a fun to see just a great night all together for the White Sox, it is the 19th no-hitter in Chicago White Sox history, the first since Philip Umber in 2012. The White Sox 4 to nothing victories over the Pirates tonight. More Pirates on the schedule, please. They got one more tomorrow with them. And let's check the standings real quick. Uh, did you see? I know the Twins and the Indians. They were they were uh, they were engaged in a nice little battle tonight. The Indians taking the league late with Shane Bieber on the mound. Let's check in here on the Indians and Twins. And, and Twins. twins. <laughs> um, I hey. got it four to two. The Windians. Okay, Indians win tonight four to two. You know what? It just it doesn't matter. You know, as long as you keep winning, let the it'll sort itself out after the fact. And you, I don't like looking at the standings. If you take care of your own business and beat the teams that you should beat then the Sox should find themselves in the playoffs. As of yesterday, we're up to a 96% chance to make the playoffs. And uh, other scores around the league, Cubs won. Tiger 7, my favorite Ed, <laughs> my favorite Ed Farmer joke. Yeah, my favorite joke of all time. Um, uh, yeah, man, yeah, so a, a great night for the Sox tonight. And just, you know, a few thoughts here on Giolito. 
it's hard not to think of how far he's come since coming over here in the Adam Eaton trade. You know, it just gets better. It sounds better every time you say it. He was in the Adam Eaton trade, and you get Dane Dunn, and you get Ronaldo Lopez, and Lucas Giolito for Adam Eaton. And this is a guy, 2018, he was absolute trash out there. He looked like mm-hmm. he had no clue. His body wasn't in tune with his mind. You know, he couldn't keep his mechanics together. It was just, he was horrendous. And then, of course, last year he turns it around, top 10 Cy Young finish. And look where he's at today. He's in total control of everything out there. And he's just a pitching at the highest level right now. Just an amazing turnaround for this guy, Herb. I don't know what else to say, but it just it's it goes to show you, like you know, why people never give up on first round talent. We have the, we had this conversation about Carson Fulmer just yesterday, as Carson Fulmer is now a pirate and he's doing the barnstorming tour of whoever is on the Sox schedule. <laughs> um, but this is why people don't give up on first round talent because of what Lucas Giolito did tonight. Yeah, and he was a minor league pitcher of the year uh, back when he was a. Uh, national and so that's the promise that you had when you traded him like so everybody was kind of hyped like all right Chilito I've seen him pitch a little couple times in the majors when it was a national I was like eh, nothing real there and then Raylo was like man that's there's something there there and he if he could turn into a major league starter will be very very happy and then I was impressed by Dane Dunning's minor league stats as a national and then he came over to the White Sox and, and that continued and then, yeah, that 2018 year, Lucas Giolito had the worst ERA in the majors, the worst ERA in the majors. And that coincides with uh, Yoan Mancada having the most strikeouts in the majors, the most for a guy who wasn't hitting a lot of home runs. And both of them went back to the lab in that offseason and realized that they're much more talented than that. And they're not going to sit down and have this be their – legacy this is this is garbage we need to get to the lab and that's what giolito did he you know talked to old coaches uh work, worked with his uh rap soto and seeing what his pitches are actually doing shortened his arm sling uh swing and got a better result in 2019 where he was an all-star and from one year to the next just totally different pitcher and now I know we talked about it the other day. He wasn't an ace for us a couple of days ago. Well, I was gonna I, I was gonna get to that in a second. So that that brings me, that lines me up perfectly with what I was gonna ask you. I was like, all right, so now it's getting realer. You know, after the you know Sox take two or three to the Cubs and they continue to mash and they win again tonight. So let's re let's go back to this conversation we had on Wednesday. I think it was. So game one playoff situation and a must-win game it could either be a game one of a short series or a must-win game down the stretch Giolito your guy for game one no no he's not okay. I know we are not usually we're a prisoner but help I am a moment. prisoner of the moment <laughs> but I am not going to be a prisoner of this moment I would still go with Dallas Keuchel he's shown it in all his starts this year where he's been consistent and shown that he is the number one of this team so far. And I know you guys are out there like, yeah, Lucas Giolito, 13 strikeouts and two consecutive starts. Yeah, great. But he has the blow-up ones, like the Minnesota Twins game, where he wasn't sharp. He wasn't great. And the game versus St. Louis Cardinals. And you're going to say, hey, both of those games were caught by Yasmani Grandal. So I would say throw those out, Herb. Just cop the ones for James McCann. All right, cool. But I'm still going with uh, Dallas Keuchel. And it's a great problem to have. 
to have either Dallas Keiko or Lucas Giolito pitch you in a game that's a, a one game playoff or a game that you need for to advance to another round. So I'm going Dallas Keiko. What about you? Well, ask me again after Giolito's next start, which uh, let's see who they have on the schedule five days from now. Is that the Royals again? So maybe a, a bad bad option there, or is it the? Uh, it might not be the. It might be twins? five games from now because they're going to have the off day on right. Thursday so that's another pit you could discount that as a day okay and then yeah they'll they'll pitch I think he'll pitch Sunday versus the Royals I want to see how he responds after pitching this no hitter today because a lot of times you see that you know guys who haven't experienced a lot of success at the big league level they throw a no hitter and all of a sudden the next start you know they're out of whack you know um, you, you see it happen all the time but I want to see how he responds in the next outing. He's been great of late. Um, so, you know, I still probably would go with Keuchel, but it's an interesting conversation for sure. And, you know, I, I wouldn't begrudge you either way. But now what, what is irritating for me is the, the Grandal conversation back there. It's, it's going to start to lose even more steam, which I hate because now this is like, you know, proof for, for the people who, who are, you know, must have James McCann back there at all costs that he's got to be the guy for Lucas Giolito. And, you know, it's hard to argue with the results, man. Like, I, I, this is not a hill that I'm going to die on. I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to die on Vicieto uh, on this one. But, you know, <laughs> I, I still stand by what I say. He's going to have to figure it out how to pitch to Grandal but him and McCann are just lockstep right now like you heard it during the broadcast Stoney was mentioning it you know there's little to no shaking off McCann knows exactly what Lucas is feeling in his mind what pitch he wants to throw in any given moment and it's really it's something artful to watch and, and I'm glad we get to watch it but the the uh Grandal argument is starting to lose a little bit of steam a little bit here Herbie Oh yeah, and then that's fine. That's really fine. I mean, I'll love to be wrong the whole time, and he's oh, yeah. shoving up my ass. I'll, Him, yeah. and Abreu you just say, you know, I'm going on a personal herb uh, <laughs> crusade to prove that motherfucker wrong specifically. And and then same thing with James McCann. I'm fine with that. Keep on doing it. Keep on proving me wrong. I'll take my L's all the way to the playoffs, and maybe to the World Series if you keep on proving me wrong enough. So yeah, I'm good for that. Um, yeah, uh, I just think that <sighs> we've said it before. James McCann won't be here next year unless James McCann is given the White Sox a huge hometown discount. And he is a fine with being two out of five days being catchers for the team. I'm sure that he doesn't want to do that behind Yasmani Grandal. And he wants to get paid more than the $5.5 million he's getting paid this year. And he's earned it. He deserves a big-time contract for multiple years with a team that he starts uh, majority of the games and catches majority of the games. And I uh, would love for somehow, some way, him to stay here. The only way I could see that happening is the Sox find a way to trade Yasmani Grandal in the offseason. And knowing this team and how they operate, that shit's not going to happen. And that's fine with me. But – I just want them to ride this out as long as they can. But know this, he will not be here next year, White Sox fans. James McCann will be gone. So somehow, some way, Lucas has to get rid of his binky, his blanky, <laughs> next year and find out a way to pitch to this terrible-ass catcher, Yasmani Grandal. So wrapping it up here, once again, Lucas Giolito, his first career no-hitter at the major league level. You know, it's just an amazing night for the White Sox. And we do have a little bit of news here uh, as I'm scrolling through Twitter as we wrap this thing up. 
uh, Eloy Jimenez uh, tweaked his ankle in these post-game celebration. Mm. Just can't have nothing, man. Can't have nothing nice. <laughs> People are tweeting us as we're t- going here. Is Eloy hurt? What's going on with Eloy? Eloy hurt. And then, you know, we got the group text going uh, with the show, with the McNeil and Parkin show. And Shep says, tweaked his ankle during the uh, post game celebration, but he walked off under his own power. So you can't have that. You know, I, hopefully there's many more dog piles in the future and made many more in 2020. So let's let this ha- let this be a lesson that no one broke their leg like Kendrick Morales did a few years ago for the uh, for the Angels. So but seriously, this man keeps on getting hurt on the goddamn field. <laughs> Take his glove away from him. Take his glove away from him. And if there's a win, like we win a division, we win a playoff game, playoff series, a World Series. Yeah. Stay in the dugout. No, with, well, in the World Series, you can come out and celebrate. No, nah, what they're going to play all series, you've got to stay your ass in the dugout and what, celebrate from there. No, nah, man, what they're going to do is, you know how they they go into the clubhouses and they, they put everything up under a tarp and they tape everything up and roll out anything that could get damaged? That's what they should do with Eloy. Just put him, <laughs> wrap him up in a clear tarp, and just get him out of there. Just get him out, get him the hell out, get him out of the picture so he doesn't hurt himself or anyone else. Um, but, yeah, man, so we'll keep an eye on that, but I'm sure he'll be fine, you know, just a little tweakage there and maybe give them the off day tomorrow. I don't think they'll need it uh, against the Pirates, who are not a great outfit right now at this particular state of uh, their franchise. So that's- yeah, we might get two no-hitters in a row. It's a day game tomorrow. Pirates are so pissed about getting no hit today, and then uh, Dallas can, is like, all, "Okay, yeah. I see you, I see you, kid." All they can do Here is sulk, go. sulk in their hotel rooms. Can't go out really, but this is a tempting for the Pirates because it's you know, town like Pittsburgh closes up shop at seven p.m. So <laughs> you know, this is this is you know like New York to them, you know. So we gotta be careful out there, Pirates. We need you out there, nice and fresh, so you can get no hit tomorrow. Um, but yeah, that that's all I got, man. Just congratulations to Lucas Giolito and White Sox fans. Is this thing seems like it's building towards a momentum of an unforgettable season um the next few years and you know especially should be great and you know things are good man i didn't think we'd get here you know but there's a little part of my brain that was like yeah will they ever win another big league game again you know you're watching games throughout the rebuild and you're like they'll never win anything ever again look at all this stuff that's happening but things are building in a positive direction man jose abreu is finally getting love on a national level you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's going to be the lead highlights tomorrow on the highlight shows. If people still watch those, I don't know. But Lucas Giolito going to be the star of the town tomorrow and maybe even the, the country, depending on what media outlets they hit. So, yeah, man, good stuff all around for the Sox tonight. And I want to do a little shout out to James Fox, who uh, t- uh, hit this to the trade proposal for uh, Dylan Cease and a couple other people for Lance Lynn, and that's some garbage, some shit. So follow James. Oh Fox my god! Your, Wait, I looked all, at it right now. I'm looking at the DM that that he's because I didn't read the piece, but it says Cease, Kelly, Collins, and Adolfo for Lance for Lynn. Lance Lynn. Yeah, <laughs> fuck <Jeez>. off. <laughs> oh my god, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Good on so that. he hip, yeah he hipped us to that. So what's up, James Fox? Follow him on. The tweeters at James Fox 917. So for Chris Tannehill, follow him on Twitter at Chris Tannehill. I'm Herb Lawrence, ActorWall23 on Twitter. The show is at Locked On Socks. And if you want to send us an email for our Mailback Monday segment, which we do every Monday, it is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. We already got like six or seven from yesterday's um mailbag monday uh right after the show it was amazing yeah and we got man. a couple more trickling in today so 
Get your questions in now, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com to be on a Mailbag Monday episode. So for Chris Tannehill, I am Herb Lawrence. This has been a special no-hit version of Locked On Socks.